Hi there, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Smashing the Ceiling with me, Naomi Mella. On this podcast, we love to showcase the lives of women who have achieved amazing things in their careers, those who have got a really cool or unusual job, and some who have just had a really interesting life. And today's guest certainly falls into that category. Each week, I sit down with one woman to dig a little deeper into the how of it all. How did they get where they are? How they picked themselves up when things didn't go right? And how their mentors, motivations and mistakes have led them to achieve the things that they have. Now, the chances are that at some point in your school career, you probably went to do one week of work experience. And I guess that most of you have never given it a second thought since. Most people don't know what they want to do at that age, and work experience is often a hurriedly arranged placement that bears little reflection to what you're doing now. Chances are also that at least some of you will have daydreamed about careers you wished you'd had, or jobs you wish you'd had an opportunity to try out. But what if you had the option to try not one new job, but 40 different ones, over a period of 40 weeks when you were 40 years of age? This was the opportunity that Beck Fisher curated for herself last year to coincide with her 40th birthday. Beck had been a primary teacher for nearly 20 years, but since the birth of her two children had been working as a supply teacher on a part-time basis. Needing to make the decision about whether to update her qualifications and return to full-time teaching, or whether to consider a complete career change, Beck decided that doing some work experience would be a good option. The idea snowballed shall we say and the 4040 experience was born with the list of jobs that she trialed ranging from radio producer to physiotherapist cabinet maker florist author taxidermist personal trainer celebrant the list goes on beck blogged extensively about each job and since starting the project she's been featured on australian television in both the newspapers and on several online publications i started by telling her how much i loved the concept Well, one of the things I really like about it is um, often when I think people are thinking about their careers, and certainly this is something that I have kind of come across with my own career, that one of the big issues is I don't think I want to do what I'm doing, but I don't know what else to do. And I think that's that what you've done is so pertinent for so many people, because that is often one of the massive um, issues that crops up whenever I talk to any of my friends or family or strangers or listeners or anything that's just having this kind of quandary about well I feel like I'm too old to do work experience and so I just love I love the kind of ethos of your project because actually you've you've tackled that really head-on um how can you just tell me a little bit about your early career your early life like what were you like what did you want to do I really did love, like, I, I kind of knew I wanted to be a teacher from a young age, but um, I had a lot of other things I thought I wanted to do as well. So it was either going to be, I was either going to head in that direction or perhaps something in health. So physio, for example, was something I would have loved to have done. Um, you know, in, I don't know what it's like over there, but in Australia we do work experience in year 10 and, um, and you get to have one opportunity to do work experience. And I did it in a primary school. Beck told me that although she always thought she wanted to be a teacher, she took a range of subjects at higher level in school in order to keep her options open. Pretty common. She went on to uni to study primary teaching, but had a niggling feeling that she just hadn't done herself justice in maths at school. She picks up the story from there. Um, But what I did was a bridging course in my first year of uni. So you can do, um, you know, I, I just did year 11, 12 maths. I did the 
my first year of teaching and I did that bridging course one night a week. It was three hours for the entire year. And um, I ended up getting to the end of that course and got a high distinction for maths, which I, you know, had got a D in grade 12. Um, <laughs> uh, and so it wasn't that I couldn't do it. It just wasn't the environment in high school for me to learn, if you know what I mean. And so that was somewhere where I really uh, realised that it's not just about how smart you are but also, um, you know, whether it's the right environment for you to learn in. And I just really, I don't know, it just really worked for me. I left this story in here as I think it's a really good example of the way that different methods of education at different times in our lives can create such different outcomes. School isn't for everyone and some of the world's most successful people have been branded a failure by the school education system. They've gone on to succeed in other ways or via other routes as Beck did and I love her tenacity in going back to prove to herself that she could do it. But by that point I was really loving doing my teaching and um you know I stuck with it and it was great it was a great course and I loved the prac and um you know I was really enthusiastic and as it turned out I got offered a place at Noosa which is the Sunshine Coast it's like the most beautiful I mean tourists from the UK come there like it's just this most beautiful part of the world and then I taught there for three years you know it was a pretty good life at the time (laughs) we really enjoyed it and then after that, um, we, we had some friends that I was teaching with that had been travelling overseas and they sort of suggested, you know, why don't you go and have an, a stint overseas in the UK? And so we sort of looked into that and we, neither Tim or I had ever been um, overseas in our lives. Like we hadn't travelled with our families overseas or anything. So it was pretty scary, but we decided to make the move over to the UK at that point. We lived in the Midlands for six months and then down in London and during that time I taught, it was just such a great job to have um, for, you know, that stage of life. So I, I took on maternity contracts or um, short-term contracts. So I, I, the, the teaching itself I, I really I really got a lot out of and um, I guess, uh, you know, I love being with the kids. That's my favourite part. It, it was definitely something I loved to do. Um, and then when we moved back it was sort of, you know, buy a house, have kids, um, that next phase of life. Then it was more sort of part-time, like, you know, two days a week, supply teaching again back in Australia. And pretty much that's what I had continued to do until I was, I was approaching that age of 40. And it worked really well for our family because it gave me a bit of flexibility. Um, but yes, that's, that's the that's the backstory. That's the backstory. <laughs> so you were coming up to the big four zero and just kind of considering what you might do next. Your kids were getting a little bit older. How did you come up with the idea of the forty forty experience? How did that begin to take shape? I've kind of I've, I've kind of been thinking for I guess a couple of years of what my ne- next step would be, and because I hadn't actually had my own class for so many years. I, you know, full-time from the beginning of the school year to the end of the school year, I just lost a bit of confidence in, in myself as a teacher and not in, not the face-to-face teaching of the children but more the curriculum changes, technology changes, um, all of that. So I guess I was feeling like I wasn't ready to step back into a full-time class and, in fact, I would have had to have done some extra training to do that uh, to bring me up to speed. Um, it was sort of at that point where I thought, do I do that? Do I follow that um, that path and get back on, you know, get back on the teaching horse or is it kind of time to think about something else? And 
and and what else could I actually do? Um, so that question I'd sort of been pondering for a bit, and it was just as I was approaching the audience, I was really thought, well, that's it. No more wondering, you know, no, no more thinking about it and waiting for an epiphany. That's pretty much, you know, you think, oh, something, oh, oh, you know, a light bulb will go off and I'll be like, yep, that's what I should be doing. And I thought, well, I'm not going to wait around for that um, and to actually actively go and, you know, seek what it was that I wanted to do next. And that's when I sort of thought, do I, do I go back to studying a, a course at uni from scratch, which appealed because I'd be starting from scratch with everyone else um, and the other option was to start a small business or learn as much as I could about a small business because I'd never even worked in one. And I thought, well, so many people go and take that path and why couldn't I? Um, I think what I've been seeking most up until that point was fulfilment in my work. And as much as I love supply teaching, there are things you miss out on by not having your own class, such as, um, you know, I really don't get to see the development of children from the beginning of the year to the end, which is something that's really you know, you work on and it's just such a lovely a lovely thing to see and track the kids. And you don't also get to build relationships with their families, which is a big part of teaching, especially in primary school. And one day it was only um, it was only just before I turned, like literally the week before I turned 40, and I had actually consciously decided that I was going to decide. That's pretty much what it was. And um, so, you know, every opportunity I had to think, I was think, think, think. And I was driving, I just dropped my son off at school and I was driving home and I was thinking, you know, oh, I've got a friend who's got a particular business. And I was thinking of this friend with a small business and um, I thought, oh, well, maybe I can do some work experience there. And then all of a sudden I just thought, how good an idea is work experience? And how many people do I know in my community and um, you know, further afield that I could do work experience with and learn from. And I really just thought that's just such a good idea. Like by the time I got home from that 10-minute drive, I just was onto it. So I was on the, I was sort of doing a bit of research and I sent my husband a message and um, I said, I've got this really good idea. <laughs> so right, right from the start, I thought it was a good idea. And the fact that I was turning 40 the following week, I just thought, well, this is just, you know, it just 40 jobs when I'm 40, 40 work experience jobs just seem like just the best idea ever. And so, um, you know, slightly crazy and <laughs> uh, a little bit different, but, you know, I thought that's something I can get my teeth into. And then the question marks won't remain at the end of that. The list of, the list of jobs that you went to do work experience in is suffice to say pretty varied um I love the fact that camel farmer was number three which is not exactly like at the top of most people's list of things that they would want to do like how did you start your list and and where did the job ideas come from because I have to say quite a lot of them are things that I would put on my list actually like florist definitely yeah it's such a cool list how did you start to formulate that Okay, so the first thing I did was um, I started to talk, talk to a couple of friends uh, because, you know, I thought if I can't get a couple of friends on site, then there's just there's no chance. Like I, I, I didn't commit until I had a few a few people, you know, saying that I could come along. So I started. I, I do actually know someone who is a camel farmer. Oh, I did. I did wonder that. So, I have to say. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, I got. It's actually the, the husband of a friend of mine. So I got onto him, and he was just really like, "Yep, come on in." And um, so I basically locked in the first five jobs with friends. They were, um, they were ones that I thought once I've got five, 
then that's enough for me. And that's, you know, five weeks essentially. Um, and during while I'm doing my work experience, I'll figure out how to get the other 35 jobs. Um, so basically, yeah, I started with friends. My list in really I, I wanted to be extremely varied in my in what I tried and you know, from things like camel farming to physio to um, firefighting, like it's all such different um, different sorts of work environments and, um, well, everything is different and, you know, what you need to do to get there. But that was part of it because I think how, how can you know if you haven't tried it? And, um, you know, while I'm in those jobs, what can I actually learn? So a lot of what I talked to Paul, the, the farmer, about was um, the business side of things and how he was setting it up and, you know, as well as the fantastic experiences of getting to walk a, you know, little baby camel and um, watching in the dairy and helping in the cheese processing room. But, you know, every every job I went into, there was still something to take away from it. And so that's why I wanted to do it as, as, a, as varied as possible. Um and I think there's also that part of me that, as a teacher that thinks, well, not everyone can do work experience or at least not a lot of it. So I, I really wanted to share what I was learning with other people and I sort of had it in mind, um, especially high school kids that maybe don't know what other jobs are out there. And, in fact, I was one of them. You know, I, I knew what a teacher was. So there's a lot of other professions and, you know, jobs that I could have could have gone into that I didn't even know existed at the time or didn't know how to get into. And just looking down the list of jobs, like, you know, they, as I said, they are very varied, but quite a lot of them um, seem to have slightly common theme of kind of something to do with the outdoors or something to do with meeting people. Um, did you think about your own kind of skills and interests when you were thinking about the jobs you wanted to do or did you literally just uh, pick things you're a lucky dick. Yeah. <laughs> kind um, of, I suppose. No, I've definitely, I've definitely had, I definitely had some core things on my list. One of them was um, occupational therapy, and that's something that I was actually considering when I was thinking about what do I do next. I thought that would be a really good job that I would love because it is a, you know, as a teacher as well. You know, I love, I love people, and I love helping people, and it, it seemed like something that, um, that I, I would. I would enjoy, and in fact, it was a bit of a trigger for the whole, um, the whole project that one because I was considering applying to do it at uni. Actually, I logged in an application and was accepted, um, but I thought I don't actually even know what an occupational therapist does. You know, all I all I knew was what I'd read in a course description, and um, so I thought, well, you know, at this stage of life, when I've got two two kids and a family and a mortgage and um, to go back to uni to do something I wasn't really sure about, uh, it kind of didn't make sense to me. And so that was definitely one that was on the list. And a couple of those um, health-related jobs and, you know, the different things that I could get. And, um, yeah, I, they, they were definitely ones I wanted to try. Some of the others were more the, the incidentals that came along, you know, came along along the way. And um, back to our other question before about how I got the jobs. I mean, I didn't have 40 friends with 40 different careers and um, businesses that I could go into. So I had to um, cast my net quite widely and, uh, you know, use some social media and um, I would ring uh, ring businesses or email them. And so I picked up lots of different things along the way um, 
you know, that was actually the hardest part. But yeah. But that's, you know, you're having to really put yourself out there. And obviously, we were speaking just at the beginning about kind of putting yourself out there in interviews. And, you know, you're putting yourself out there on social media and on your website. And is, did that come naturally to you? Or was that something that was quite new and difficult? Not at all. Really, really hard. And in fact, I wasn't even going to do a blog at the start. You know, we grew up without social media. You, you haven't grown up using it and putting yourself out there publicly. So that was a massive, massive thing for me. And, you know, the fear, I guess, of being judged. And um, I was worried I couldn't even write. Like I, I knew I liked writing in high school, but I've never, you know, I've done academic writing when I was at uni. That's the last time I've ever really had to, you know, string many sentences together. <laughs> um, and so it was definitely, definitely a scary start for me just, just to put that first blog post up and then, you know, the media that came along early on, um, I, I didn't expect. And uh, like, so I had, I think my first interview was when, when I was six weeks in or seven weeks in maybe, and I had to go into the radio station. And, you know, that was, I was so nervous. I, I, I was worried because it's live radio. I was worried that I'd say too much or worried that I would clam up or, you know, I had no idea what, what I would be like and so um, definitely pushing myself out of my comfort zone the whole way through really and but I, I really had it in mind that if an opportunity came along I wasn't going to waste it um, so that was a big thing so I just sort of forced myself and you know every time you do those sorts of things it gets that little bit easier um, so definitely not natural, I would say. <laughs> but I guess it, it's quite interesting that in addition to what you've learned from the jobs that you've gone to, you've also had a whole load of other experiences that have gone along in parallel with that and have given you a bunch of new skills and experiences that you actually might not have been expecting as part of this journey. And what was the biggest sort of surprise that you think you had along the way, either about yourself or about some of the experiences that you had? You know, getting out of the out of my comfort zone, I've, I've been pretty comfortable, I guess, for a while. You know, I'm just doing doing a different, you know, doing what you do, um, and not really having to challenge myself overly, and not I, I didn't probably think I could. So the confidence that comes from from doing something you didn't think you could do, and realizing that you can do other things, um, that was a massive one because you know I'm. Well, I'm 41 now, uh, but you know it's taken me this long to realise that by trying new things, you can. I don't know. It gives you the confidence to try more, and and that's really that was a really exciting discovery. Like I'd never in a million years would have thought I'd do public speaking. Like that's something that I'm. It doesn't come naturally to me, and I've not had to do. It's different to being in front of a classroom full of kids. I mean, and I, I never thought that I'd be interviewed for TV or even like your podcast <laughs> um, so that's definitely taken me outside of my comfort zone but each time I've done that you you get a bit more confidence to do to do something else and that's that's been fantastic learning you know from the whole experience but it's interesting that you know you say oh I'm 41 now but actually we're all going to be working for longer than anyone ever has before because we're all living for longer so actually you know if you get to 35 or 40, you might have another 30 to 40 years of work ahead of you. Exactly. And you think, that's a long time. I know, it really is. And that's exactly why I thought, well, if I'm interested or, or even want to consider trying something different, 
there's no reason why I can't start now. Um, and that's been, yeah, and, and, and also from doing all this and what I'm saying to people on Instagram, so many people I've come across, even some of the bosses and other people I worked with along the way that, you know, the career they're in now isn't the one they started with. And, um, yeah, there's, there's so many people that have, that have successfully career changed and to be inspired by that as well has been something that was really great. Mm, it's really cool. And um, were there any jobs that you didn't manage to fit into the 4040 that you wished that you had or that you've subsequently gone on to investigate? I would have loved to have tried being a midwife. Wow. <laughs> I can understand people not wanting a strange uh, work experience kid <laughs> to to be present, you know, just for, for interest. Yeah. But, you know, I can, <laughs> I can understand that hospital policy said no. Um, I would have loved to have done that. Most, most things that I would have considered I actually got to cover or it was similar to something that I did. It's just so amazing. You know, 40 jobs, it, it was massive. I just think, oh, my gosh, did I actually do all of that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's absolutely amazing. And um, slightly obvious question, but did you have a favourite? Um, I love the occupational therapy. I have to say, um, that was that was really, you know, that I, I'm aware that occupational therapy is a really big umbrella. And um, the lady I worked with did home consultations with people that had have had catastrophic injuries in the workplace or or outside of the work, you know accidents of, of different sorts um and she was highly experienced so going along with her was really great um oh as I loved I mean I really I actually do you know what there were so many I liked but with different things so property maintenance you know I, I was working on acreage properties mowing lawns and hedge trimming and doing those sorts of things and you know I loved that but whether I you know I wouldn't necessarily do it full time and I I really enjoy the firefighting part like I was really lucky with that one where I got to work at the actual training academy and I got to go into a simulated fire situation or smoke, like a smoked, smoky sort of container, shipping container house and I had to try and find my way out. Um, that was the thing that sort of put me off firefighting in the end because I, I, it was pretty freaky. It's like you're blind with your eyes open being, and, and I just could not, um, I was so lost in that space that I ended up having to be led to the stairs and then, um, so yeah, that, I mean, that was such a great experience to have. Was, and I think in most other areas of firefighting, I, I'd be great, except for that, you know, maybe if I was 25 rather than 40. <laughs> um, so there was, like, there was lots of different experiences that I really loved. Um, you know, I worked one, uh, another one I loved was just a bit of a sideways way stepping education. And I worked at a school that was purely for children with autism that started in Brisbane, I think a year before I, I was there. And that was just amazing. Um, that was that was something that I think, oh, I could do that as well. So I sort of, yeah, it, the funniest part of it all, I guess, is that it, it sort of tipped. If you think of me before I started, I was thinking, I don't, there's not much I can do. It sort of tipped it completely upside down in, in which, you know, where, where you've got so many, you realise that there's so many things you can do um, and trying to refine it back to, the, the one thing or, or maybe it's not just one thing you know um so it's you know it's it was just such an interesting experience just picking out a couple of things from what you've just said there it seems to me that a people were incredibly generous with their time and the experiences that they allowed you to have which is amazing and also that people considering a career change that 
you know, it's always worth considering that it might not have to be a big step into something completely different, but even a sidestep within the industry that you're already in, like you were saying about the autism teaching, that yes. might have been something you'd considered, but it's not, it's not a massive sea change, but it's something different, but related to what you've already been doing. Exactly. That's exactly right. And what I would definitely say to people is that um, if you start asking questions, it's amazing. And especially if you're coming from a very genuine place of interest and you're, you're, you're looking into something for yourself and you, you really want to find out about it, it's amazing how many people actually do want to help and they're more than happy to talk about their industry and even the ins and outs of their jobs. And, you know, I, I, was, I had strangers talking to me about these things that you just think, how, how lovely are you? That's their precious time. And um, so I was just really taken aback by that. But that, that was just my favourite. I mean, the people side of things I just I really, I really found interesting. And getting, getting to the end, I suppose, with that much of a big spattering of jobs, it was such a wide selection, um, I definitely was leaning towards the jobs that involve interaction. It's what took me, you know, it's what took me to teaching in the first place. And, it's, you know, I still do love um, being a teacher and, and going and being in front of the kids. But I kind of have worked out that I just I don't necessarily need to be doing that full time. And in fact, maybe I can do teaching and something else on the side and, you know, a bit more like a portfolio career, I suppose, where you don't have to just choose one job at the end, um, which I didn't really expect either. I, I thought that I'd get to the end and have very, you know, have a lot of clarity. And, oh, wow, that was just the one job. I'm going to go and do it. But then you get to the end, you think, actually, you don't even need to just do one job. Like, there's so many different um, ways you can work now. And that's another sort of exciting discovery. So you finished in August last year. What have you been up to since? And what are your thoughts? And the big question is, what are your thoughts about what you might do, I suppose? I know. That's the, that's the really big question. <laughs> but um, so I, I got to the end. So I finished in August. And um, it, in the very short term, I had a few like radio interviews and um, I did a bit of networking with people I'd, I'd met along the way or, um, you know, had followed on Instagram, those sorts of things, which was really nice and seeing what people were up to. Uh, but all that also, you know, saw me through to the end of the year. I, I actually picked up quite a lot of teaching work um, because it was actually a really great opportunity to get some money back in the bank <laughs> after a year of not teaching. And I really wanted to give myself that time to really reflect and not jump into something just because I thought I'd better hurry up and do it, um, but really process the whole experience because it was so busy along the way. So, you know, in between the, the actual doing of the jobs themselves, um, it was finding the jobs and emailing back and forth and all, all the different parts and blogging. I mean, when I finished, it was actually really good to give myself a bit of time to mull it over and um, get a bit of clarity, I suppose. It made me realise that there's so many people that are in the same boat and, uh, you know, my situation is certainly not unique. I'm, you know, I've been home with my kids. I've sort of been out of my own industry for, for all that time and, or not out of it, but, you know, in terms of not in a full-time capacity um, and a bit of a loss of confidence and, you know, for whatever reason, people, people, want to get back to work but I'm, I'm really excited about getting back myself back into work and um you know yeah I, I kind of thought if I get to the end well sorry when I got to the end that maybe helping other people or inspiring other people to take their own 
um, whether it be work experience or career change journey, uh, is another sort of avenue to pursue after after it all well certainly speaking about this is enough to inspire other people (laughs) that's for sure and you're probably amazingly well placed in schools now to advise the kids about work experience and and that kind of thing you know so it's um yeah that's actually another area I'm interested in is because I've always worked in primary schools but secondary schools um in particular I think yeah there's a lot that I could share with those kids what, what I really feel about work experience is that you don't, in high schools that kids don't get enough of it. In, in Australia, you get one opportunity. And for me, I did teaching as my work experience in grade 10, but I really didn't get to experience anything else. And so what I would, I, I think there should be more opportunities for work experience in high schools. And in fact, um, in Australia, you do a five-day stint in a, in a work experience job, but you know, it could be that you only do one or two days but in more jobs and I think that would be really valuable and not just for the job itself but also the work environment um, because work experience to me is as much about learning or, or what you don't want to do as much as what you do because, you know, if the experience is one that you um, you think that you're going to love and then you get in there and see the reality, well, then there's another option to try something else Um so definitely maybe more more opportunity for work experience. But I can understand that that would be quite difficult for high schools to achieve and it's a lot of organisation. But to make the whole work experience worthwhile, I really do think there needs to be more than one, um, more than one job that kids can be exposed to. You really only need one day in a job. I, I, you know, the more the merrier, the more exposure you can get to other things. But if you... Um, if you spend that one day and you're really excited and think that you want to pursue it further, uh, even for more work experience, but you, you get to know the work environment, you get to know um, the sort of people you'd be working with, all those sorts of things you can actually gain in one day. Uh, so although I did spend up to a week in my different work experience jobs, it's not necessarily essential to get the full benefit out of the work experience. I find it really interesting that you've decided not to like make a big change into one career because I know occupational therapy was obviously pretty high on your kind of list and you were really strongly thinking about that and but you haven't decided to kind of make a big leap into that you're just doing some more exploring to start with and then sort of see how you go really and I find that really interesting that you know you've experienced all these jobs but actually even after that you've decided to kind of stick with a little bit what you're doing and then some side hustle and self-development and whatever. That's not what I expected to happen. No, which I think most people probably wouldn't expect that to happen. You know, most people would expect you to be like, oh my God, I'm making this massive change. I'm going back to uni or I've got a new job or I'm doing this, or I'm doing that or whatever. And, and actually it's a cool outcome. And I think it's kind of reassuring for people that in a way you've looked over the fence at lots of other things and you have decided that the grass isn't growing so much greener and so much higher in any other field that you immediately want to dive into it you're gonna just you know keep looking at the fields and see how you go <laughs> if I can keep extending that rubbish metaphor yeah no <laughs> but exactly but that is genuinely when I started the whole thing one of my one of my ideas was to um to do exactly that to see if the grass is greener on the other side or do you know what? it's not that I don't like teaching it was more that you know, I either had to had to throw myself back into that area or go into another one and then really assess which way to go. But um, I've really confirmed at this point anyway that I don't want to go into full-time teaching and, and I do want to sort of 
I guess, put my finger in a few different pies. And um, that kind of excites me to think that, you know, you don't have to do just one job either. Um, and really exploring the whole um, the aspect of helping other people to figure out their next step. You know, my, my profession is such a good one that allows me to, to work, you know, the days I choose. So if I, if I can work maybe three, teach maybe three days a week and use the other two days to um, write about my experiences or, or build something from that, I think that's kind of a, you know, it's a good situation that I can be in, but all with a goal of moving forward and and really finding whether it's the one job or the, or the multiple jobs or whatever it is that's that's going to see me through. Just over this holiday period, I've really had a good chance to sit down and think. And, um, you know, in a hectic life with two kids and, well, just life, it, it's really hard to find that time to just really sit and think and mull over your thoughts. I just think I have to, I really would, I really have to do something with it because um, it was so unique and it picked up that, it did pick up some interest and it'd just be a shame not to. The funniest part of all, you know, is that I don't actually, um, you know, I don't make a dime out of any of my, you know, I need to do something that will monetize the whole thing or, or in fact get a job. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think that's actually really important to say because it's like a couple of the guests I've spoken to have actually been really open about the fact that when they have taken, um, big steps they have actually moved back in with their parents or they've had to get a side hustle or they've had to have another job and I think it is actually really important to sort of say that there's this very big social media perception of I've got my perfect life and actually if you're not being honest about the fact that you're not making any money from what you're doing then that's actually a bit it's a bit disingenuous in a way. When I was thinking about doing the whole project I really thought of it as an investment. You know, people spend their money going back to uni. That's a huge financial commitment as well to go back to university or um, do a course or whatever. And so for me it was a massive investment of my time and also loss of income for that that year. It was a full year. Um, but to me it was totally worth it because, you know, I mean I wasn't paying money to go and do a course. I was sort of creating it but it's an investment in yourself and it is learning and it is it is your own personal development and I really feel like it was valuable and I you know maybe maybe at the moment it hasn't made me any money but um eventually it will so yeah I really do think of it in that way such a positive ending from Beck, and I love the way she frames her experiences so brilliantly if you would like to find out more about the 4040 experience, then definitely check her out online. Instagram is 4040experience, which is 4040experience. And my blog is www.4040experience.com.au. And on there you can find um, a list of the different jobs I did and what I did when I was there, but also some interviews with my bo- with the bosses from each job where they share a little bit more insight into each of the jobs that they do. So go have a look. The camel pictures alone are worth it. That's all for this time. Thanks to Beck and thanks to you for listening. I really do appreciate it. We will be back next week with the first in a new monthly series on career skills, which will be slotted in amongst our fabulous guests in 2019. The first one is on negotiation. So if that is something you struggle with or the idea of asking for a pay rise fills you with total horror, then tune in next week for some tips and advice. 
As ever, if you've got any comments, suggestions or feedback, drop me a line. I do love to hear from you. You might have seen on Instagram, but our new website is going to be up and running very soon at smashingtheceiling.com. So keep an eye out for that. Please subscribe if you haven't already and feel free to leave a nice review on your favorite podcast site as it helps others to find us. But more importantly, if you enjoyed us, spread the word as word of mouth is still the most powerful form of advertising. You can follow us on Twitter at Smashing Ceiling and on Instagram at Smashing The Ceiling and we'll hopefully see you next week. <laughs>